Hello, and welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are a faith-filled, family-focused church that's in Lakeville, Minnesota. In a moment, you'll be able to hear a sermon from one of our pastors. We hope that you enjoy and grow closer to God through these messages. And now, for a sermon from Pastor Vicente Perez. Uh, well, hello, everybody. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Okay, the rain got to you. So thank you for coming here. Welcome to Celebration. And welcome those who are watching online. Thank you for being a part of our Celebration family. It is really an honor for us to have you present, even if it's through social media, with us today. And hopefully next time is in person. So today I have the task to officially close, at least for now, the series that we're in, The Church Growing and Going. Now, in a way, actually, Pastor Lewis, last Sunday, um, in his teaching of chapter 16, kind of concluded the series. I'm just using a couple of verses from chapter 16 into what I call today, What's the Matter? What's the Matter is the title of my message. Now, next week, we're going to start a new series. It's called Holy Heat Wave. I thought I was going to get a better reaction. Holy Heat Wave, you should hear how it is in Spanish. It's quite a mouthful. But yeah, it starts next week, and it's going to be absolutely phenomenal for the summer. I cannot wait. I would normally have you stand for the reading of the word, but again, we're just going to use a couple of, message, uh, of verses that we used last week. So this time, though, I'm going to use the New King James for chapter 16, verses 16, 17, and 18. And it reads as this. Now it happened, as we went to prayer, interesting, we went, as we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much profit for fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Other translations say in that moment, in that instant. Jesus came to fulfill God's will. And God's will, among many things, is for us to be healed and for us to be freed. And he did this, and he demonstrated this throughout his life. Now, here at Celebration, you may be uh, hearing things about, oh, we have a ministry of deliverance. We have a ministry of inner healing. And there's a lot of talk about that. And I want to clarify a little bit about what that means for us here at Celebration. But going back to what Jesus did, the Gospels are full of Jesus demonstrated what he did. He actually went about teaching, preaching, and healing. All right. For instance, Matthew 9, 35, Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, 
proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Acts 10, 38. He, meaning Jesus, went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Back to the gospel, Mark 139. So he, Jesus, traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Luke 6, a few uh, areas or a few um, verses from 17 to 19. A large crowd of his disciples was there and a great number of people from all over who had come to hear him, to hear the Lord, and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured or were healed or were freed. And the people all tried to touch him because the power was coming from him and healing them all. Even in the prayer John had with the Holy Father, in his conversation to the Holy Father, on, um, in John 17, 15, my prayer, this is Jesus talking to God, my prayer is not that you take them, you and me, out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Now, as we're followers of Jesus, and I trust that we all are, right? If you're safe, if you're a disciple, if you're a follower of Jesus, we should be doing, saying, acting, doing what Jesus did. But at times, even for the followers of Jesus, for us Christians, it doesn't seem to be that way. Why? And that begs the question, why not? What's the matter? What's the matter with us sometimes? So let me set the stage for this. I want to propose three points. But again, we're going to be talking about how the ministry of Jesus, with, which, by the way, has given that ministry to us, is a ministry of not just going and preaching the word, which we have to, but going everywhere healing disease, healing broken hearts, and freeing people from the enemy. My first point, mind over matter. What's the matter? Well, there is mind over matter. Let me just propose two scriptures here. See, my problem was not what scriptures to use, but what to do with so many scriptures in the Bible that cover this topic. But Matthew 10, 1 says, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Now, that power that was given to the disciples was also the power, or it is the power that is on you and me. So we do have that power, but he gives us a warning. He gives us a warning, and that's found on John 15, 5, that says, if you remain in me, if you, my followers, if you, Christians, if you, my disciples, remain in me, and I, Jesus, in you, you will bear much fruit. So far, so good. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The Lord has given us the power, the anointing, the equipment, the authority 
to heal physical diseases, broken hearts, and cast out demons. So why don't we all do that? Jesus says that he is the vine and that we are the branches. And the branches cannot live, cannot be sustained by themselves without the vine, right? The problem is that sometimes we have a bunch of people, even in churches, branches not attached to the vine. Branches whose fruit is death, empty fruit, because outside or separated from Jesus, we can do nothing. Here in America, especially in America, we like to say or think that our mind is very powerful, that we can do anything we want, that we can process and discover and bring meaning to everything according to what our mind processes. Well, mind over matter. That does not work out that way all the time. It does as long as you're attached to the vine. Otherwise, how are you doing in that, in that area? It is important to understand that, yes, we are powerful. We have strength. We have strength in Christ. The key element, the key word, the key thing to notice is in Christ. Not apart, close to, perhaps from a distance from Christ. As long as we are in Christ, that power, that anointing, that call is in us. So, we think, oh, but we can be strengthened, you know, we can put an effort to things. Well, yes, Christ does strengthen us, but it is him who does it, not us in our own power. That's why it is so critical to be attached to him. Because he told us, in this world, we're going to face trouble, opposition, even persecution. And we're going to face the enemy. And how are we going to do that? We can only do it as long as we are attached to the root that is Jesus himself. Otherwise, we are at the mercy of the elements, of the enemy, of others, and of ourselves. So, mind over matter really is perhaps the way we used to be before Christ. We thought we could make it. We can't. But there are two matters that are very important. And I want to talk about the matters of the spirit and matters of the heart. Point two, let me talk about the matters of the spirit. And let me bring this to the scriptures. 1 Peter 5, 7 to 9, it reads, Cast all your anxiety... On him, on Jesus, on the Lord, because he cares for you. Be alert and of sound mind. Your enemy, the devil, you know these scriptures. Your enemy, the devil, I don't like this word because I don't know how to pronounce it. Prowls, goes about like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And then he tells us this. He gives us a word of caution. 
James 4, 7. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And we love that. And we say, it. oh yeah, we resist the devil, the devil and he will flee. Okay, and that's phenomenal. And yes, we should. But what happens when we don't resist the devil? Or are we resisting the devil all the time? The devil is not resting. The devil is not tired. His kingdom is at work. Are we resisting the devil? And if we don't, what happens? What happens when we're not alert? What happens when we're Christians just singing Kumbaya? Which we should, by the way. As long as we're alert, as long as we know where enemy is. In the scripture, just in the Gospels, there's 52 occasions when, when Jesus encounters demonic forces or the devil or Satan. And in all occasions, he did two things. One, he resisted the devil. And two, he exercised his power, his authority over the devil. The question is, are we doing this? Are you and I doing the same? The Bible is very clear about two kingdoms. There are just two kingdoms. kingdoms. There's not a third, fourth one. Two kingdoms. The kingdom of light, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of Satan. Those are the two kingdoms. And we belong to where? The kingdom of God. If you have received the Lord as your Savior, you're in the family of God. You're a son. You're a daughter of the living God. And you belong to the kingdom of heaven. Now, this other kingdom is not passive, quiet, or just observing. No. They have declared full, full war against us being part of this kingdom. So, Jesus says... John 14, 30. Satan is the prince of this world. Right? He said that. He's the prince of this world. But that tells me two things. Number one, he tells me that he belongs to a kingdom. If he's a prince, there is a kingdom. And number two, that that kingdom is in action. That kingdom is active and wants to stain, get in our kingdom. Now, I'm going to read this because I don't want to mess it up. Within the kingdom of Satan, kingdom of darkness, there are messengers of various ranks, all of which were angels, were angels, who followed Satan in rebelling against God. We know that, biblically speaking, we know that Satan was an angel. He rebelled against God against God, and he took a bunch of angels, one-third of them, we believe. Now, these are what the Bible calls principalities, powers, rulers, dominions, and spiritual hosts of wickedness of the air. Bad stuff. Now, there are some questions. There's always questions about this, all right? And I'm not going to be able to answer them all. I would encourage you to bring those questions. And I'll tell you later on when, if I remember. Now, pastor, 
Does the kingdom of darkness operate today? Yes, it does. Where? All around us. Sometimes in us. In us Christians? Yes. Don't get up and leave. Wait until the end. We belong to the kingdom of God. We don't belong to the kingdom of darkness. So then what's the deal? Well, yes, we do belong to the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of darkest, darkness is trying to influence. It's trying to mess you up. It's trying to actually devour you. And if you don't understand what that means, kill you. That's what they're trying to do. But wait a minute. Why Christians? Didn't Jesus do the work for us? Yeah, but Jesus even taught us how to pray. Remember the Father's Prayer? Is that, or the Lord's Prayer? Deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, because we can be tempted. And deliver us from evil. He knew what he was talking about. He knew what we needed. We need to pray to be delivered from that kingdom, from the influence of that kingdom. Pastor? Didn't Jesus conquer death and Satan on the cross? Yes. But we still die. We still get sick. We still get influenced by the, the devil. We still suffer. We still struggle. Hmm. But wait a minute. Christians cannot be possessed or owned by Satan. So isn't that, isn't that the way it is? Yes. That's the way it is. We have been purchased by the blood of the Lamb, and we belong to God. We belong to the kingdom of God. That's who owns us, if you will. That's who possesses us, if you will, the Holy Spirit. And it's a, the best thing that could ever happen. However, <laughs> we're still influenced, even occupied by agents of Satan. Mm. That doesn't sound too good. Wait a minute, Pastor. Jesus said that we are not of this world. In fact, he did say that. We read it before, John 17, 15. Father, don't take him out of the world, but protect them from the evil one. Because we're not of this world, but guess what? We are in this world. I wish Jesus would have said, Father, take him out of this world. Okay, so then that's fine. We'll be in the kingdom of heaven, you know, and no problem. But we're still here. We're still here till the day Jesus returns, I believe, soon to establish his kingdom here on earth with us. Bottom line, Pastor, if Jesus defeated Satan on the cross, why do we have to deal with Satan today? Over 2,000 years after the fact. Isn't that too old now? Well, to me, it's very simple. And let me try to explain. And I'll probably make a, I don't know if I'm going to make a good job, but let me just tell you how I understand it at least. Thank you, whoever said that. All right, God bless you. In our understanding, we want to really realize, understand the reality, whatever we see, whatever we hear, however we understand things. And we want to lump 
time in that. The problem is that time does not belong to you and me. Time belongs to God. So we cannot think of things in time frames according to our limited understanding because, again, that's something that is in God's hands. What do I mean by that? If we belong to the kingdom of heaven, when you come to the Lord and you are part of the kingdom of heaven, why is it that we still see injustice and brokenness and suffering? Because we are here and we partially see, live in the kingdom of heaven, but we're not fully in it until the day the Lord returns. Let me give another example. Two more. Salvation. Is anybody saved here? Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, good. Good. The nine o'clock, they were like, oh, I don't know. Uh, so I'm glad you're saying yes. Anybody here for the first time? Do we have new guests today? Oh, yes. Thank you for coming. Yes. We give them a hand. Don't worry. The lead pastor, Pastor Derek, will be here next week. Everything will come to normal. Put up with me today. It's all right. Please come back. Did I introduce myself to you? Let me tell you. My name is Vicente. I'm the lead pastor for prayer here at Celebration in Offset. Now, so when we are saved, somebody tell me, who's saved here? All right. Show me. Show, show me because I, I don't know. You, you behave well right here, but I don't know what you do at home. How do I know you're saved? And what? Oh, I'll show you by what I do. Yeah, but sometimes, don't you get irritated and lose your temper? Or sometimes you maybe throw up a white lie here and there. I'm not saying you. You would never. But salvation is something that by faith we know we have. We're saved. But we don't realize it yet until the day of the Lord. When Christ comes back, we're not going to question, are we saved? No, we're going to see it. It's right there. Time belongs to him. Let me give you the third and silly example. When do we have presidential elections here in the United States? Every four years. Yeah, thank you, thank you. About one month. November. And when we elect a new president, does he or she take office the next day? When? Two months after the fact? Does that mean that he or she is not the new president? It means still he or she is the new president of the United States. But two months later is when you see the realization of that. The time is not there. The time is later. And if I make you even more confused, I am sorry. But to me, it's very clear that time is in his hands. And even though he defeated the devil, we're still struggling. But we're going to see the realization of that when he returns. And I claim, please return quickly, Lord Jesus. Bring your kingdom here. Now, it is true that when Jesus comes into our lives, really when this Holy Spirit invades our lives, all right, we receive the fullness of the Spirit. The moment you are saved, the moment you open your heart to the Lord, the Holy Spirit comes and takes over. Problem, the gentleman that he is, he does not force himself on all the areas of your life, 
only those areas that you are willing to give them. And we trust that is, Lord, everything. Sometimes, however, we're not so much everything. Sometimes we're like, yes, but not this. Because I like this too much. Yeah, but I don't want to give that up because I kind of enjoy it. You know? So the Holy Spirit may not occupy your whole soul. And if it's not the Holy Spirit, guess who may be occupying that? Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? And they're laughing, I don't know why. <laughs> yes, let me read it because I'm not as good as you guys. Remember it. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do you express these nine things all the time? Is this the fruit of your life 24-7? Why not? If the Holy Spirit is in you, you should have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And not all the time. I know I don't have them all the time. Sometimes I trip. And if I don't take care of those areas quickly, guess what? They're out in the open. And guess who is not just observing and being passive? He is going to jump in. Now... Do evil spirits occupy space in our lives? Yes or no? They do. We don't like it because we hear all the time, we're free and Christ came into my life and the spirit and the Lord cannot be in the single space. So that is true. If, again, if everything is Holy Spirit in you, but if not, not necessarily means that you have an evil spirit living, but it might be. And that's what we're here to talk about. Now, how do these spirits come in? I would say through doors, open doors. Now, it's not like we open doors all the time, just us. No, there's three, I believe, three kinds of doors. Doors that are open for you where you had nothing to do. Doors that you and I open knowingly, willingly, if that's a, a word. And words, and doors, not words, doors that the enemy opens for us. Some examples. And by the way, there's a key to every single door. Doors are open for blessings and doors are open for the kingdom of darkness. You can open your door, the door to your heart, to the Holy Spirit and he'll come in. He'll invade you and he's fabulous and you're going to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But if it's sin, the key that opens the door, you're in trouble. We're in trouble. Now, let me give you some examples of doors opened for you. A person that has been raped. Oh, we were doing so good until now we're getting serious here. Or a person who's been abandoned, rejected, bullied, lied to. You're not lying. They lied to you. Boom. There's a wound, there's a door that is open. 
Doors opened by us willingly. A person with addictions or ungodly habits. If you think that things like pornography, sexual promiscuity, unforgiveness, drugs, the occult, anger, offense, don't invite the evil spirits, you have something else coming. Because they do. Now, there are doors that the enemy opens gladly for us. Doors opened by the enemy. Social media. Social media is not a bad thing if it's used according to God's will. Can you use God's will in social media? Yes, you can. But if it's not done correctly, guess who uses it? If you think that as Christians, because we have God living in us, Christ living in us, we can watch every single TV program or go to every single movie there is, you have something else coming. Temptations. Curses. Witches. Yes, there are. Even as Christians, the enemy tries to find a way to get in, to influence us. Not to own us. He knows that who we belong to. But to distract us, perhaps to the point that we are beginning or we begin to separate as a branch from the vine. And if we're not careful, all of a sudden, we don't belong to the vine anymore. Because the enemy has been pulling away, away, away. Where are these doors located? Those that are open for us, those that we open, or doors that the enemy, where are they located? I will submit to you that these doors are located in our heart. That's why I want to talk also about matters of the heart. Number three, matters of the heart. Let me bring these two scriptures. Psalm 147.3. Praise the Lord. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. That's the good news. That's very good. God heals the brokenhearted and binds up our wounds. Now, look, I love this because this, we always say, hey, yes, the Lord is reading from Isaiah and the Lord came to fulfill that. But I guess what? I do believe firmly that the Lord is giving us that charge as well. Luke 4, 18, the spirit of the Lord is on me. The spirit of the Lord is on you, celebration people. Because he has anointed you and me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent us to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. He did this and he demonstrated that. And then he went back to the Father. He sent us the Holy Spirit so we could continue doing the same thing. Are we? When I was preparing for this message, Matters of the Heart, I thought, you know, I have to explain what a broken heart is. And as God is my witness, he said, you know, don't explain what a broken heart is. Their hearts are already broken. My heart is already broken. 
We know what a broken heart is. Take a look at your life. Consider your life. Meditate in your life, your past, present. What's expect? Broken hearts. But it's important to understand that when we talk about the heart, we talk about really who we are, our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions. What makes you the person that you are? Now, we know as well that there's a battle for your soul. There's a battle. And this battle is where you and I get wounded. Our hearts get broken. Our hearts get cracked and wounded. And if we're not careful, if we don't know how to handle those things, those things will follow us for the rest of our lives and they're going to make us miserable. Because it does not come from God. It comes from the kingdom of darkness. Now, in my, uh, uh, as many of you, and perhaps you more than me, um, but I've taken a number of training classes and all this stuff about deliverance, about inner healing, about prayer counseling. And one of the uh, certifications that I had was from Family Foundations. And that's where I learned that God, see, God's, God is so good. God's purpose is to bless you to affirm you, to give you an identity in him. I'm not talking about sexual identity. I'm talking about who you are as a son or a daughter of the living God. That's what God does. And it goes throughout your whole life, actually beginning with conception till the time you meet the Lord. And I'll explain more a little uh, in a few seconds. Our journey in this life should be a journey of blessings, a journey of purpose, a journey of, of joy, a journey of identity in Christ. But many times that's not the case. Listen to this. Here are the seven stages. Conception, pregnancy, birth, infancy, puberty, marriage, and older age. Anybody represented here? All of us. So, again, the potential to be affirmed by the Lord is throughout our lives. Because throughout our lives, our hearts are going to be broken. Doors are going to be open. The devil is going to come and try to mess us up. And it is remarkable what God does, wants to do in us. And he, but he, he, he did something that only God would have, sorry to say this, the guts to do it. Because he wants to do this through people, through broken people. And that's how much he loves and trusts us, his children. He also has given us his word, his son, his spirit. But he wants to work through us, his people. Tragically, many times instead of blessings, we often get the opposite. What do we call the opposite of a blessing? A curse. So let me think about this. In your conception, boop, two things came together. Were you wanted and accepted? Were you conceived under the covenant of marriage? Was there a generational curse present? 
And you may say, what? When I was conceived, I don't even know what happened. Well, things that happened then come out now. For instance, do you today have feelings of rejection, depression, fear, lust, anger? That may be present since then. What was it that your parents went through when you guys were conceived? In your mother's womb, were you desired? Were you anticipated? Was there emotional distress? You may say, I would not know. How would I know? I was just in my mother's womb. Well, you may not know, much less remember, but the Holy Spirit knows. God knows. And if you ask him, he's willing to let you know, I am a testimony. The Holy Spirit, my, pa my parents passed uh, away when they were very young, so many, many years ago. And it was just a few years when the Holy Spirit revealed to me what my parents said, what they thought, what they wanted, what they declared while I was in my mother's womb at the, and at the moment of birth. Broke my heart. I was not aware, but words were declared. Do you think words just disappear in air? So he told me, and he would tell you, why? Just so you feel bad? No, just so you can heal. At your birth, was the delivery free of trauma? My mother almost died when she was giving birth to me. I think it was 24 hours of pushing, baby, pushing, nothing. Finally, C-section. She was about to die. They use a, what's it called? Thing. Okay. What is it? Force something. They forced me out. <laughs> and I have here something to, if you touch my head, it's right there. Anyway. So, were you immediately loved and nurtured by your mother? Again, you may say, I don't know. Well, do you today experience insecurities? Do you struggle with approval from your parents? Do you experience homosexual feelings? These things may have a root at the moment of birth. During childhood, you were just a child. Were your parents present? Were you loved, accepted? Did you receive physical attention from your father? Was your mother a nurturing mother? Still, Pastor, I don't remember. Well, do you have problems with your identity today? And I don't mean sexual identity. I mean like who you are. Why am I here? What's the purpose? Is it hard for you to trust others? Do you fear death? During puberty, teenager, was your dad, was your father present? Did he affirm, affirm you in your gender identity? We don't hear that today. Did he teach you how to be a man? Did he release you to your destiny? Ladies, 
Did he, yes, your dad, prepare your heart for marriage? The role of a father. Were you subject to a sexual violation or to a physical or emotional abuse? In an effort to correct your behaviors, did your parents perhaps, perhaps curse your identity instead of affirming your identity? How do I know what's, what happened, Pastor Will? You may be experiencing, experiencing insecurities, lack of worth. You fight to prove that you're a man. You fight to prove you're a woman. You might be rebellious. You cannot detach from your mother. You struggle with your gender and so many other things. In your marriage, you think you were done. No, in your marriage, do you have the blessing of your parents? Were they in agreement with who you decide to marry? With who you chose to marry? Or did they not even attend your wedding because they say, ah, he's not good for my daughter, she's not good for my son. And you may say, well, yeah, that might be my case, but you know, I already forgave him. I forgave him, so I let go. Okay, well, phenomenal. And I hope you did. Unless you're still judging them, or you resent them, or that has caused conflict between you and your spouse. Finally, an older age, when you think, ah, my character is formed, now I'm good to go. No, 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 no. Are your children blessing you? Or is the blessing cycle completed? It was returning? Or are your kids waiting to see how they can get rid of you because you begin to be a bother? They cannot wait to put you in a nursing home. What does that do to your heart? My daughter was in the nine o'clock service and I told her, don't you dare put me in a nursing home. My two sons are right here present. Don't you dare put me in a nursing home. These things do things to the heart, breaks hearts. So, matters of the heart. What are the matters of the heart? Those hurts, those, those words, actions, emotions, absence that break your heart throughout your life. You need healing. You need to be free. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. And I have full respect for those two occupations. I've been going to them. No, I haven't been going to them lately. But I used to go to them quite a bit. I respect that. But they say that ignorance is brave. So I'm just going to say this. But this has been my experience. When you go to a psychologist, they bring you back to see your wounds so you can understand them and then you can accept who you are because you understand where you came from. It's not quite like that in the ministries that we call prayer counseling or inner healing. We do something similar. We visit the wounds of the past so we can understand them 
But instead of accepting the hurt, we bring that to the feet of the cross, to the one who is able to heal. So you don't have to live according to your past, but according to your identity in Christ. God is the one that wounds and heals broken hearts. In Hebrew, the word used for heal is Rapha. Therefore, we have our father, Yahovah, Rapha, the God who heals, the Lord who heals. And this Yahovah Rapha has the power to heal physically, 2 Kings 5, emotionally, Psalms 34, mentally, Daniel 4, and spiritually, Psalm 103, just to cite a few chapters. Are you reading your Bible? Jesus truly is our healer today because he takes that branch that has been separated and he brings it back to the vine and he presents us to the Father who has the power to heal and who frees us and heals us. It is him, not us. In this world, there are broken things that we this, 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 this card, that we, things that we throw away. You know, you buy a product, oh, you don't like it, you return it or you throw it away. And we tend to do that with people. An unwanted pregnancy, option, abortion. A marriage that is not going quite well, option, divorce. Instead of bringing our wounds, bringing our matters of the spirit, bringing our matters of the heart to the Lord who is able to heal and restore and not disregard, discard like the enemy would. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in the spirit. Is the Lord, Psalm 34. This world... It's full of broken people. Churches are full of broken people. But God knew that. He knows that. And he has the answer. And again, he chooses to work through people. Here at Celebration, we have a tremendous blessing. Because the Lord has brought the knowledge. The Lord has, Lord, has brought the resources. The Lord has brought equipping, equipping people to help us be free, to help us heal. Our prayer ministry, and that's the ministry that I lead here at Celebration, has a number of areas. The main three are our corporate prayers, and you know that, that we have morning prayer on Tuesdays, 8.30. We have prayer gatherings on Wednesday at 6.45. We have a prayer group called Encounter on Thursday nights. And often we pray here in our services through our prayer partners. Well, it is the call and the desire of our lead pastor, Pastor Derek, not to retrieve in prayer, but to push forward, to step forward in prayer. And that's why starting next Sunday, we're going to be offering prayer at every service here at Celebration. There are times when... The lead pastor, Pastor Derek, or a pastor that is preaching may call for prayer before or during the message. 
And there are times that we schedule uh, prayer, like the third Sunday of the month. But if it's not scheduled, if it's not called by the pastor, once services are dismissed, prayer partners are going to be here to pray for you if you choose to come and hold the hand of men and women full of faith who want to be one with you in bringing the prayers to the Lord. I think that's phenomenal. This is a house of prayer, period. And people may say, well, we didn't do enough. Well, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Corporate prayer. In fact, for those who are prayer partners, I want to remind you that we have a meeting next Sunday, July 2nd, in between services in room A1. So if you're here, prayer partner, you couldn't attend to the one we had this morning. That's okay. Next Sunday, between services, come and see us for an informational meeting. Now, we also have something called the Ministry of Prayer Counseling and Deliverance. We have been talking about matters of the heart and matters of the spirit. And all of us are facing those. And listen, you don't know what you don't know. And you may be under heavy influence by the kingdom of darkness and not know it. All you know is that you struggle with things you cannot even explain. And you may be with a very broken, heavy heart and not know it, but you struggle with that. You don't know what the answer is. You seek answers and you can get no healing. Well, this ministry of prayer, counseling, and deliverance is equipped to help you do that. In fact, I want you to look at this screen. I want you to take your phones out right now. Everybody, take your phones out. And I don't see anybody moving. So by faith, I'm going to say, yes, everyone's taking their phone out. I want you to please use this QR code. This QR code is going to send you to your contacts on your phone. And you're going to have a phone number, an email address, and a link to an application should you need or want or desire a session to see if maybe you need to receive healings for matters of the heart or deliverance for matters of the spirit. We are equipped, possibly today better than any, any other time in our history, to help our celebration family and our community in being freed, in being healed. So I would encourage you to do this. Let me finish with this. It matters to be free. It matters to be free. Who does it matter to? It should matter to you and me. But it matters to the Lord. It matters to be free. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Listen, we may think that Jesus just came to die on the cross for our salvation so we can hopefully and barely and, yes, make it to heaven. But in the process, perhaps live a miserable life. That's not the plan of your Father. That's not the plan of the Lord. Yes, in this world, we will face trouble, but His heart 
is for us to be healed, to be free. He died for that. He died for your freedom of mind. It cost him his life. Anybody a doer of the war here? There should be like everybody saying yes. A doer of the word. Look at Mark 6, verses 7, and then I'll jump to 13. This is Jesus calling the 12 to him. And I say, Jesus calling celebration disciples, celebration people, celebration guests to him. He began to send them out two by two and gave him authority over impure spirits. Over impure spirits. 13. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. My brothers and sisters, I'm not just bringing this because I think it's a good idea or I learned it from somebody. I'm speaking from personal experience. My heart, my heart was not just broken. It was layers and layers upon layers of brokenness. But the Lord healed me. My life, my soul was not occupied by a number of demons. Trust me. But the Lord delivered me. And it's been a life journey. And I could tell you right now, I don't have time, but I could tell you the last time I went through a deliverance session, it almost becomes a joke. Every time there is a training on healing or a training on deliverance, I'm like, can I be the first volunteer? Because I understand that the goodness of God, the love of God is to set us free, to heal us. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. I would, if I were you, as soon as possible, I would send a text message. I would call. I would apply. If you have questions, listen. Make a session. Come talk to me. Don't hide yourself from, you know, under an email. No, come talk to me. Tell me if you agree or disagree, it doesn't matter. We are here to learn together. But the ultimate goal is to be free, to be healed. I could tell you the person that I had the last deliverance session with, with, I don't remember the other ones because at the end of the day, you know what's important? The Lord healed me. God healed me. It's not about us. It's all about Him. So if you entertain just a couple minutes of prayer before Pastor Josiah comes and sends us out. Let's pray to God. How about that? Father, I know that today we may not be experiencing freedom or healing, but I ask that you open our appetite, even our curiosity, or give us the understanding to know the importance of this Father, we were singing a minute ago, a couple minutes ago, send us, send us to wherever you send us, we'll go. Well, you are sending us, not just to the nations to express the gospel, but to our neighbor, to our families, to our spouse, to our kids, to our community of believers, to be freed from the devil, to be healed in the matters of our heart. I ask you, Father, that you empower us, empower this church, empower this congregation, my brothers and sisters, in the understanding, in the acceptance of this word. Let them have the journey that many of us have had, the understanding that you have given us, and the empowerment 
to face what the enemy is throwing at us or what the world has thrown at us. You want us to be free. If we are your children, if we call you Abba, Father, we should not be walking in the world in misery, full of hurts, full of hate, full of unforgiveness, full of the oppression of the enemy. We should be walking free. Yes, facing problems, but free. Yes, facing trouble, but heal. Would you heal my brothers and sisters? Would you make them aware of the resources you have brought to celebration? And would you bring your freedom to this house? In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you learned something from this message and are able to apply it to your life. If you gave your life to Jesus for the first time or for the 10th time, please reach out to us on Facebook or email us at info at celebrationchurch.net. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again next week.